Hi hello and welcome to today's podcast on a very interesting and a happening topic in the world of cloud computing no marks for right guesses it's all about security so from the beginning there are if there is a major roadblock which has held people from moving into cloud it is all about security and we have already seen in one of our podcast in the same season security is a shared responsibility it uh, uh, there is a portion which the vendor the cloud vendor is responsible for and there are portions which we as the application owners are responsible for and there had been a lot of research going on behind the scenes on to see how robust is this architecture whether there are loopholes through which uh, an ethical hacking can be done so very recently i came across such an article from a palo alto network where in a set of 42 engineers they came up with an idea of uh, getting into the system and compromising few of the aws accounts and the way they did it was not through any sophisticated tool or uh, by writing some jazzy script they didn't do all those things they understood how this particular architecture works and exploited some of the loopholes in it it's a very beautiful way they went uh, they navigated through this path and they are exploring and exposing the security loopholes in fact uh, this article comes under the category of ethical hacking if i can call that uh, i will leave the link of the article in the description section of this podcast and this is not the very first time when someone has attempted and succeeded in uh, breaking into the aws accounts rather few months back a very similar attempt was made and they uh, they were able to show the team was able to show the loopholes in the architecture and the aws team immediately responded to it by fixing those loopholes so in today's podcast i'm going to cover both the scenarios and explain to you what really has happened probably uh, in a few weeks from now this loopholes will be unplugged um, and it will be closed but the journey the way they went about it that's really uh, beautiful as well as thought provoking i enjoyed it i definitely believe you will also like it so without much delay let's get into the nitty gritties of it so even before i jump directly into the architectural flaw uh, let me give you a real world parlance and help you to understand the situation in a better way so assume that you hear a knock at your door and then you see a stranger at your entrance he tells you a name saying that okay i'm a friend of so and so person who resides in this place 
and I want to meet him. And it so happens that such a person doesn't exist and he's not residing in your house. So immediately you say that, uh, saying, uh, okay, this person doesn't live here. You probably have reached a wrong home and you close the door. This is what happens in a real life. But for a moment, let us hypothetically assume you give him an opportunity saying that, hey, this person doesn't live here and he comes up with another name and he keeps coming up with name after name after name until he reach a point where he really tells you a name of a person who lives there. It's actually not that difficult. If he knows the area, he knows some of your background, he can easily guess some name. For example, if I say, if I know the elderly person who used to live in that home by the name, say, George Senior, I can always assume and say, I am a friend of George Junior. It's an educated guess. Uh, but what will not really happen is you will not allow a stranger to stand at your entrance and make n number of guesses. Because obviously that means that this person is trying to fake. It will raise alarms in your head and you'll be in an alert mode. But now, when you compare in a systemic world, unfortunately this alert mode doesn't get triggered. So what really happens is, uh, now take a case of S3. So S3 has a lot of, say assume you have around 10 buckets and each of the bucket you have tagged it with a policy and the policy says who all can access the bucket and what level of access is allowed. Say for example, you can say uh, user number one can access my bucket one in a read mode. User number two can access my bucket in a write mode. User number three can access my bucket three in a read write mode. Right? So you will have several policies tacked to this buckets. Now, assume I have gained entry into the system. Uh, probably uh, there was an old user in your uh, AWS account or the AM user who has left your organization. Probably you didn't delete this ID password using which the hacker has gained entry. Now, what he is going to do is, he is going to access your bucket, S3 bucket, with a different ID which may not even exist. Now what AWS does in this case is, it returns an error message saying that, hey, you know what, such a user doesn't exist. Now basically the idea behind that is to have a user-defined error message which is very, very clear so that you can take the right action. But here the hacker uses it for his advantage. Now he knows that such a identity doesn't exist. Now he's going to go ahead and start enumerating different usernames and try to access the bucket. And each time when he hits, there will be a response back saying that, hey, that user doesn't exist, that user doesn't exist. Until a point wherein it will give a message saying that hey, this user exists, but this probably they don't have the role or they don't have the authorization to do this particular operation. 
so fundamentally now we know such a identity exist and the beauty of this architecture is it doesn't put a cap on the number of attempts it allows you to do keep hitting it in number of times and even the logs of this failed attempts will be available only in the uh, account of the hacker because he is the one who is initiating this request so only his cloudwatch logs will have all this failed attempts traces and there is no time limit also saying that okay you need to try within this window you can keep trying and since this attempts can be done even programmatically it makes all the more easier for the hacker because they can write a script saying that okay try with this particular id if not try with this id and they can start enumerating it so each time an attempt is made to read your s3 from a new id or from a fictional id depending on the error message you will go ahead and uh, process a subsequent uh, id saying that okay in one of this attempts i might be successful and once you are successful then the same process repeats to understand and to try your passwords as well and they have tried it and they have tried it and they were successful in it they were successful just because the error message was very very clear the error message just said okay this id didn't ex- doesn't exist uh so they got a feedback saying that okay now i know this id doesn't exist let me try the other one other one another one i don't have the logs the which will create a suspicious thing going on from the admin side because all the logs will be only at the hacker side and there is no time limit it uh, it is also allows you to do through your api so scalability of hacking through programs or scripts and uh, the number of attempts are not capped so it is a very broad loophole and uh, this is not the very first time as i said few months back similarly in iam identity access management aws had uh, something called as assumed role so for example you have multiple accounts and you create iam role saying that okay now there are certain registered iam users who can take up my role for such a time it is similar to your temporary pass when you go to your company and you suddenly remember that you have kept your id card at home they allow you uh, to have a temporary card for that entire day similar to it in aws there is a concept called assumed role now what the team did is uh, they tried to create ids and uh, tried to assume the role and each time the api was giving them a error message saying that this id doesn't exist so that means that it was a feedback for them and they kept changing the id until it allowed it uh, and once they published the white paper exposing this architectural flaw 
AWS team responded to it by going ahead and uh, making that error message very generic. It didn't clearly say whether the ID exists or not. It just said the operation failed. Now, in this case, this uh, flaw was uh, highlighted very recently. Probably in a few weeks from now, they might also change this error message into a very generic error message so that you don't know uh, why the operation failed, whether the ID didn't exist or whether that particular uh, operation was not allowed. Say, instead of a read, you attempted a write and that write was not allowed there or vice versa. So they are not going to give you a very descriptive and a user-defined error message, but they are going to maintain it at a higher level. So as I said, no Jassy scripts, no sophisticated tools, but understanding the way the CloudWatch operates, understanding the error message, and understanding uh, there are no time uh, limitation, they were able to successfully get into it. Um, some of the recommendations that they had after compromising accounts through using this means is they are the same old ones. Don't have a very predictable ID. Try to bring in some uh, special characters or put in some strings so that it becomes, make it difficult to predict it. And uh, still, even if they have predicted your ID, if you have enabled your multi-factor authentication, they couldn't have gone into the account. Since many of us, we don't enable MFA, and uh, some organization don't mandate it, it was becoming easier for them. But the other important thing that they said is, if someone leaves your organization, I know that from a HR perspective, you will remove their ID and other things, but if they had been working on your cloud, and ensure that even their cloud ID is getting deactivated and removed. If not, someone gaining an access using that particular ID, now through an educated guess, if you remember the example which I just said, the George Senior and George Junior, they will be able to understand the hierarchy of the organization. They will be able to make some real educated guess because normally there is a convention which we follow in giving the IAM user within any organization. Probably we will take the last name and then uh, concatenate it with some constant string giving them the ID. The hackers can easily guess it and they will be able to get into the system. So use your multi-factor authentication and clean out all the IDs of the people who have left the organization and make the ID a little bit unpredictable rather than following a easier pattern of a standard naming convention. It doesn't help. And I believe AWS is going to go ahead and make certain changes from its end, like what it did several months back, wherein from a very user-defined message, they went ahead to a generic message. And they might also re- rethink about uh, the log logging facility or capping the number of attempts or the time, saying that, okay, if you have made a three or more than a uh, few attempts, there should be a 
pause there and there an admin should be alerted if there had been regular failures but what really happens is all this we can theoretically say but it will impact the user experience there had been a genuine change of password and you forgot to uh, change the configuration somewhere after several attempts it will be locked and then you have to have an admin interruption so the case of security versus user experience is nothing new it has been going on in the industry for a long and that will again come into picture here uh, again going back to the fun, uh, fundamentals and foundation of security it all boils down to a shared responsibility so if you have your application configured follow the practices use your federation uh, other services especially the mfa to protect your account if there is a lag in it there is a open vulnerability and even a simple error message can be a rich fodder for a hacker to gain access into the system i hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions queries or suggestions please share it with me at querishami@gmail.com i will leave it uh, in the description section of this podcast um, until we meet uh, again goodbye and thank you from shami